Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at beautiful Dodgers Stadium, where the Dodgers have just walked off the Philadelphia Phillies 10 to 6. The Dodgers with 10 runs on 12 hits, one error. Philadelphia Phillies, six runs, 10 hits, and no errors. Brewstar Gratterall, the winning pitcher, former Dodger closer Craig Kimbrell, takes the loss on a walk-off grand slam by Max Muncy. Now, this is a little bit out of order, but I've got our game day producer, Jessica Ray, here with me. And Jessica is the one who calls all the shots during the game from all the camera angles, from all the various elements that we run here at Dodger Stadium during the game to uh, crank up the crowd, get everybody going, making sure that uh, the Dodgers really feel like they got everybody behind them. Jessica, great job, great homestand. You celebrated a birthday this homestand, and we had a 6-0 homestand, undefeated on this homestand. Dodgers really seem to get it going. How are you feeling right now? Well, I told them it was my birthday, so they said they'd sweep everyone, so I'm pretty excited that that happened. Uh, but it's been a really good week. Uh, it's been nice to see some of the players come back and hit. It's nice to see Max really making a lot of connection with the ball. Freddie's three home runs away from a big milestone, so this has been really exciting. And it's really nice to uh, to reel off some victories because we were kind of hovering around 500 baseball for a while, and now it looks like the Dodgers are kind of putting it all together. Talk to us about your position here. You and I sit shoulder to shoulder basically here in the PA booth. We got our audio engineer, Patrick Sweeney. We got DJ Severe, me, and you out here in all elements, cold, windy, rainy, hot as heck, whatever. And um, what is your favorite part about doing the job that you do? Well, my favorite part is we are a live show every single day, so there's no way to predict what will happen. You don't get do-overs. You have to stay in the moment. So even if we make any type of mistake or error, we just keep going, and just like the team does, and we get to do this every single day. So it's not, it's not, it's a different kind of repetition because it's new. It is always different, and you always see something that you've never seen before. I mean. Muncie hitting the walk-off grand slam. How does it feel when the, when something like that happens and the crowd just erupts? I mean, inside, you know, because we are such a family and a team, um, all of us up here, all, everyone downstairs, all the way to the ushers, everyone, I know we all get that same feeling of like, yes, yes, we got it. We got the win. Um, I, we feel the same way. Because yeah, we don't just sit up here and not care. I mean, we care. And, you know, when things you are going... You care, go- Todd. You care. <laughs> what do you mean, Jess? Well, let's just say that I really appreciate your energetic spirit up here sitting next to me. I think it's rubbed off on me a little bit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes, I had to learn to kind of like say, listen, it's not live or die for me. Life will go on. I'll, I'll get paid. And, and, you know, that's how baseball players are. You know, they try to stay steady. When things are great, they don't get too high. When things are bad, they don't get too low. And we try to keep that in mind. And what I really admire about what you do is that you you stay pretty steady when things go wrong and things do go wrong in a live show you just say hey keep going St- keep your mo- keep your eye on the prize and 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 keep it going um 
you've been here at Dodger Stadium for many years now, many seasons, and you have kind of worked your way up. When did you start, where did you start, and, and how did you make the climb? Well, I started as an intern, actually, um, back when we were a little trailer uh, office out on the reserve level, right up there I could see where we're, our entrance was. And I was at UCLA's film school, their grad program. Nobody wanted an internship with the Dodgers because everybody wanted to go work at the studios. And I was like, I love baseball. And I was like, I'll do it. Um, and I really learned how to turn stuff over quickly, not be so precious with my work. And also I got, I remember my very first video being up on the screen. It was not these fancy boards that we see now. Uh, it was the old school, old school board, uh, but it was really exciting. It was a video for Andre Ethier. Uh, it was a, I put some fireworks over it, did some cool stuff. Eric Vasquez, who is a friend of mine um, for many, many years now, he was training me at the time, teaching me how to do stuff. And I've just kind of been here ever since. Tom Darren called me up when my internship was over and said, hey, do you want a real job? And I said, yes, I do. Tom Darren, our senior director of broadcast yep. engineering. He was the one who first said, please uh, come back, I'll, I'll hire you taught me how to do camera work so I ran around the field with the camera sometimes I'd hold the antenna or so far back that I would the antenna was attached to the camera so you had to run around with both of them tethered together and then we needed a stage manager we had someone who could communicate with the front office and also with our booth and because I knew people it kind of felt natural to be able to fill that role with a couple of other people and uh, and then this position opened up so it just kind of made sense this is kind of the hot seat here. You were a really great stage manager, so I recall. You always had everything in line, and you seemed to be able to kind of get out there on the line and get those players in place when we needed them and make sure that we all knew what was who was going to be throwing out the pitch and all that stuff. Um, you think that has kind of trained you to take over into this position where you're really looking at the, the big, big, big picture? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never been afraid to... Look, I'd ra I care about the show more than anything else, and obviously the show is the game. So as long as everything goes well, like nothing else really matters. So it's not about who does what or when or why or where. It's like, does did it get done? I mean, that's kind of the thrill, right? It's like, did we get it? Even though it can be crazy and like somebody's missing or, you know, did we do the right things? Have we put the right stuff in place to be able to make sure that nobody knows? I work in film too, and there was this film set I was on when I was very young. And I remember we were looking for um, one of the actors. He was lost. We were at this new location. And I was running. And I was running to go find him. And I was running back. And the person who was training me at the time, she grabbed me and she stops me. And she goes, you never let them see you run. And I think that really has stuck with me and that no matter what is going on, even if I feel nervous or panicky, like you can never let people see you run. Because then everybody runs and freaks out. Right. Right, so you got to stay cool. And you showed me something yesterday saying it's a great day to be a woman in sports. Talk to me a little bit about that, about being a woman in a traditionally, I don't know, man's domain. Not so much anymore, but uh, you're definitely one of the people that's kind of like the, the women that are really kind of making making a name for themselves in, in, in baseball and in sports. I mean, it's really an honor to be able to, to work with everyone in the way that I do. Uh, I've been lucky that I've had a lot of support from a lot of uh, males here at the stadium. Uh, but it is difficult. Um, it's always been difficult. You know, sometimes I'm in a room with all guys. I work in a room with all guys. And then there's me. And so how do you navigate from the way that you dress to the way that you talk to the way that you interact um, to the way that you present yourself in a bigger meeting? 
you know, you don't want to be too complainy, but you want to be firm. You want to be heard, but you don't want to be obnoxious, you know, just because you have to kind of walk that line a little bit more carefully in order to get, again, the best product possible. Yeah, it seems like women really have to, you know, walk that line very carefully. Um, you, you know, you don't want to be too too assertive because then you'll be considered bitchy or whatever. And uh, I think you walk it really well. Also, you came out here into uh, the PA booth and we had a real kind of, uh, I don't know, male-centric uh, culture out here for five, six, seven seasons that I've been here. How do you feel about how things are going now? Do you feel uh, comfortable out here? Yeah, I do. I mean, at first, obviously, there was also a camaraderie that was built amongst the people who were out here before I was. So it was a little bit different and a little bit challenging. I didn't work with you all as much in that capacity. Like, you guys would see me on the field, and I'd come in and say hi, but we didn't have that same dynamic. So I think it took a little bit of time. Trust is earned, not necessarily given, and I think over the last couple of years, we've made a pretty solid team. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, at first I, I wasn't sure you even wanted this position because they call this thing the hot seat. People haven't really lasted very long in your position, and I wasn't really sure that you wanted to, to remain there, that you wanted to pursue other things within this organization, but it feels kind of like you might be here to stay for a while. Is that is that what you're feeling too? You know, I really enjoy what I do, and as I've gotten <coughs> older, in these last even just past week shall we say um if you enjoy what you do and you enjoy the people that you're around like it's worth investing and continuing to explore so i have a great time and again i really like the people i work with i like what we're able to do i like being able to create new stuff so i hope we can keep doing that it's been great to see um, some elements added to the our pregame show and be able to feature new artists uh, that type of stuff really excites me to be able to bring some more diversity, um, to be able to highlight some really amazing women in the community. Um, and now I'm working with the community a little bit more, um, our department and with group sales and just helping to highlight um, stuff that's really important to a lot of people. So that, that part is like very joyful. The reason I do this podcast is because I want to lift the veil and highlight what makes Dodger Stadium special for both ball players and fans alike what do you think makes it so special here there's just a different energy here you know i know we have a reputation for like our fans are this or that but man our fans come every day they have a great time they enjoy the ballpark and we really put on a show and and what i think is unique about our show in general is that we've created a trust with our fans so we're essentially guiding them which i don't see at a lot of other stadiums and some people might say well that's because other stadiums don't need that kind of push or whatnot but but our fans know like when we're pumping them up that our players need that that our stadium needs that that our coaches need that um, and so they show up so when we're playing these prompts that our editors and our producers have worked really hard on to make the audience responds and that i think is what is so great and they seem to know, like you said, like they seem to know when to respond. When there's two strikes and two outs, the game's on the line, they're on their feet. We don't have to say, get on your feet and get loud. We, you know, we, we prompt them in other places, but they seem to be pretty intelligent too. And, um, but, you know, let's, let's walk through just that, that final inning. I mean, we had Chris Taylor leads off with a base hit. Uh, Dodgers had watched the save be blown in some ways. And then, you know, then it was on. And we knew that, that we had a chance to get to the former Dodger, Craig Kimbrell. What kind of goes into your thinking as, as, as calling the shots up here 
to make sure that the fans stay with it and that the, the, the players really feel that swell. Well, it goes back a couple of innings, um, which I don't think everybody knows, right? But when we're at like the seventh or eighth inning and we're close, I have to be careful about what I play because I don't want to burn a video or a pump piece that, that we know is going to work too soon. But I also don't want to leave the stadium feeling empty. So I have to kind of be careful on what I choose and not choose. Um, so the the inning right before or the inning break right before uh, our DJ DJ Severe has crafted like a little mix of, of a Simba cam and the reason I play that and not necessarily a pump or something else is because the fans love that right so what I did was make they're holding their kids up and they're dancing and they're singing that means that they are present they're looking at the boards they're looking for themselves so they're now looking at every all the graphics and everything that's going on so they're not focused they're not talking to their friends they're like ready so that when we hit us and the, and the game starts again they're in it i mean that's what we hope for and then of course when we need it we pull out seventh nation that is our that is our go-to boom 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 that gets yes going. yes and our audience knows oh oh that's the call we got to get up and we got to go right right and you know it, just watching videos people have a tendency to just sit kind of watching videos like they're watching television but the Simba thing you know from Lion King where where uh, Rafiki's holding Simba up and, and you know and and so people are holding they're participating they're doing something they're active and I, I think that's important too because you know too much too much canned entertainment I think can can make people you know placid or they make them just kind of like watch yeah. as spectators instead of actively getting involved and getting on their feet and getting loud absolutely so I, I think that's a really great really great balance well hey i want to say that i think you do a great job and uh really enjoy working with you i think we've got a great chemistry out here in the pa booth and uh hey i think it can carry us through a season and get us to the world series again right is, is that the, is that the one thing we really need to do yeah i i think so uh i mean we were so lucky in 2020 when we had that crazy season but I definitely think we're all ready for a full season and to go as far as we're able to go. Oh, and I, I should mention that in that 2020 season where we had just cardboard cutouts here in the stadium, it was an empty stadium, and you know here we are announcing batters to, the, to nobody. You were doing a kind of a specialized job that, uh, that probably not many people have ever done before. Tell us about that job. Yeah, I was the crowd noise, so I represented all of our fans. Uh, and it was a really... Man, that was a crazy time. But uh, again, Tom Darren put together actual World Series noise, crowd noise, and crowd cheering from previous years, put it together, and that's what we were using to keep our crowd going for our players. And I remember watching a few times where, you know, the players would say, man, the crowd was really loud today, you know, and you would hear it from uh, the broadcast sometimes. But you know mattered to them then too like they felt it because playing in an empty stadium is it it doesn't it doesn't work it was weird i think we called uh, a couple games where there was no crowd noise or anything i don't i, don't, I think they were maybe uh, exhibition or something yeah and it just was eerie and yeah i remember that that's when we were like okay we got to figure this out and try it out and it was and i was um i was one of our sound tas back in grad school so i had a little bit of experience but I still had to learn. I had three machines that I was running at the same time and having to work with Dieter and working with our clicks operator and making sure that what we were playing, like everything was in sync together so I could have the right crowd noise for the right thing. 
Yeah, because you wouldn't want to have a pop-up and then every, the crowd goes wild for a pop-up. Yeah. And I recall that it was pretty good and it seemed like, you know, because you played you played ball, so you understand, yes. you know, when a ball's going out into left center field or something, that's probably going to be a double and, okay, double. Yeah. Let's get the crowd going. Well, and it was a lot of just, I was riding a lot of different levels at once so I could swell the crowd up and down, which was really important to keep it organic as opposed to just like hitting a button and then letting it run and train it off. It was very thought out and very, it, it was it was a thing. It was a thing, Todd. It was. Yeah. I always feel like, you know, all the things that I have done in my life and career before I got to this seat prepared me to be here. And, and I kind of feel like all the things that you've done here at Dodger Stadium and in and the rest of your career uh, working on film and television has prepared you to be here. And it just kind of, it's kind of cool when all that stuff kind of comes together. It, it, it informs everything that you do. It does. It very much does. I was thinking about that as I hit my birthday. Uh, that just, you know, I don't think we fall into places we aren't supposed to be in. Uh, we all work really, really hard. I mean, this whole room works really, really hard. And, and I hope you get to interview lots more people who work up here because the amount of effort and time and work that everyone puts in here is just amazing to me, uh, especially all the stuff that Tom does and fixing all our machines. Because it's not like you hit a button and everything runs. You know, there's there's like, what well, we have 40 people a day who work in here. And everything breaks. And everything breaks. Everything breaks. You know, and like our EVS machine broke the other day. And our EVS sound, is for replays. Our sound system in the center field plaza broke the other day. Um, this stuff is always, you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole different beast, you know, and we're just one small element. But the thing is, if the audience can't hear, if the audience can't see, then everything kind of, there's an element missing, right? And then it's not the same in the stadium. So I think a lot of people, including the players, really depend on us to be on point. All right. I think we'll leave it at that. Jessica, great job. Happy belated birthday to you. Thank um, you. And uh, great homestand. And we'll be back to do it again in a week or so. Yes, we will. We face the Padres and the Twins, so that'll be fun. They better watch out. <laughs> Thanks to Jessica Ray, our game day producer, for doing the great job that she does and for spending a little time with me here on Dodgers Homestand. So that's our game day producer, Jessica Ray, who sits right next to me, and uh, we have a lot of communication and camaraderie out here in the PA booth. And I think that's one of the reasons that this is just a great place to work. Once again, Dodgers come back from a 5-0 deficit to walk off the Philadelphia Phillies, complete a three-game sweep of the team from Philadelphia, and they finish up the homestand 6-0 before a crowd of 36,539 on a cool and gray day here at Chavez Ravine. But boy, the Dodgers shine brightly here and swept their homestand. Now they hit the road for a six-game road trip. They'll be back here next week. they got games against the San Diego Padres on the road and the Milwaukee Brewers. And then they return home on May 12th for a three-game series against the Padres. And then they'll have a three-game series against the Minnesota Twins. The Twinnies are coming to town. I'm your host, Todd Lights, public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Thanks for listening to Dodgers Homestand, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights. 
taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball, both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.